Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. I'm Rachel, Program Director at Strong Towns. Today's episode marks a first for us. We have an anonymous guest, and he'll tell you why he's remaining anonymous later on in the interview. He's the founder of the Asheville Bench Project, a very grassroots, incremental, small bet approach to making Asheville, North Carolina, a little more livable, a little more people friendly. Our guest today was watching his neighbors stand out in the hot sun, in the rain, in the cold, waiting for their buses at totally neglected patches of sidewalk with cars whizzing past, and they didn't even have a place to sit while they waited. So he took matters into his own hands and started building benches and installing them himself at bus stops. He didn't ask for permission or go through a uh, government process. He just saw a problem and started addressing it. His effort, which is only a couple months old, has already grown into a project with multiple volunteers, positive feedback from bus riders, and some local businesses starting to get involved too. For the founder of the Asheville Bench Project, this effort is about more than simply providing a place for a weary rider to sit. It's also about drawing attention to how the city has neglected to do this work itself. 11% of households in Asheville don't own a car. Is it too much to ask that a key source of transportation, especially for these people, be modestly humane and accommodating? Our guest today wants his local leaders to start thinking about how much they prioritize car travel and how little they consider the often much more cost-effective and resilient forms of transportation like biking, walking, and transit. Overall, our guest's message is simple but so important. If you see something wrong in your city, you have the power to fix it, and you should step up and do that. So here's my conversation with the founder of the Asheville Bench Project. Hi, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. It's good to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of Strongtown, so it's an honor. Oh, awesome to hear. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your community in Asheville, North Carolina? What's the city like? What's your neighborhood like? Sure. I would say that Asheville is a small to medium-sized city in the southeast. It's kind of unique in that it's nestled within the Blue Ridge Mountains and that adds for some kind of fun topographical changes throughout the city. Um, and we're probably most well known for tourism, although we do have a really strong healthcare industry and um, uh, you know outdoor adventure. The neighborhood that I live in uh, kind of sits adjacent to the central business district. Um, it's an older neighborhood. It's known as the East End Valley Street uh, area. It's kind of a historically black neighborhood that's been a part of the city for a long time. So you started this initiative called the Asheville Bench Project. What was the impetus? What was that challenge that you saw your neighbors facing that got you amped up to do this work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Asheville Bench Project kind of has a really simple mission at its heart. Um, really, it came from this feeling that the, the underlying infrastructure for the public transit system here in the city was really lacking, um, certainly with amenities at the stops. It's really not uncommon to see a bus stop. That's really just nothing more than a stick in the ground next to the side of a four or five or six lane road. I mean, it, it's really unfortunate. And um, the impetus, I wish there was some grand uh, moment. I think it was more of a culmination of frustrations. Um, you know, as I've interacted with the city over the years that I've lived here and, and it's kind of this feeling of inertia that things weren't 
improving. Um, it, it culminated in a point where I decided, well, you know, I'm a human being and I have the potential to make improvements. And so uh, I started making benches uh, for the bus stops um, just down in my basement. I'm <laughs> by no means a, a carpenter. This is something that anyone could do. And uh, it dawned on me walking to work one day that maybe this was something the people of Asheville would be interested in. So um, I made an Instagram account and called it the Asheville Bench Project. And I was really surprised and happy that it seemed like it really resonated with a lot of people in the city too. I think even those who don't directly utilize the public transit system are frustrated and tired of seeing uh, people stand weary against the side of the road through all climates, uh, hot summers and cold winters, rainy spring days. Um, and so I, I think that the people of the city of Asheville really enjoyed the fact that they were seeing someone uh, doing something. And we started a GoFundMe page and got a lot of um, great support from that. And now what started as sort of a silly uh, neighborhood project has kind of spread further throughout the city to other areas that have need. Very cool. Are you a user of the bus system yourself? Like, have you experienced this lack of benches firsthand? So that's what's kind of interesting about this. I, I'm fortunate enough to live close to work. I, I'm a bicycle commuter or walker. And I've sort of now been put in this position where I'm, I'm something of like a transit champion. Um, but I would really say that more than that, I was frustrated with I, what I kind of consider to be a lack of humanity. Uh, you know, there are instances where I'm walking or biking where I think, you know, I don't think this was the most considerate infrastructure. And it's a very evident situation when it comes to the public transit system. So it was really kind of just out of this desire. There were several other kind of smaller, I guess you might call them tactical urbanist projects that I had done prior to the bench project. Um, I just I think the bench project maybe galvanized people a bit more because it was it's very visual. People who utilize the transit system understand that. And I've received many messages from people who use the public transit system thanking me. Uh, but individuals who don't are still able to see this and um, understand inherently that it's not operating as well as it could. So you are looking at these bus stops and seeing like this basic need, just somewhere to sit while you're waiting for the bus. Did you just like go to Home Depot and buy some wood and start building? Or did you have, did someone like help you learn how to do this? Um, it was kind of a self-taught endeavor. Um, when I decided that this was something that I wanted to do, I wanted to be sure that I wouldn't inadvertently make the public right of way less ADA accessible or somehow be out of compliance with what the city has done and its few bus shelters that do exist. Uh, and so what I had done is I went down to, uh, we have a new greenway development put along the river. It's really fantastic. And there are several benches that are placed in that area. So I, I went down and I took measurements and I took photos and I built a replica bench to the benches that were recently installed by the city along this pathway. Um, so that was kind of my schematic and then, yeah, it, it was really as simple as what you're suggesting. Um, I just went to Lowe's and I went to the lumber section and I bought some wood and I, I trialed a couple different um, steel legs. And then, you know, as the project evolved, the issues became a little bit more nuanced. How do I secure the bench? You know, that several different 
ground anchors had to be tested. Uh, but ultimately, I think we have a project and, and a finished product that looks good. It's sturdy and stable and of the same specifications that the city put forward. And uh, so it took a, a little bit of tweaking. I guess I'm trying to paint the picture that I, I wasn't a pro. <laughs> it wasn't without some difficult uh, obstacles, but ultimately we were able to overcome those. Yeah. But it sounds like you were really thoughtful about like, okay, what is the ideal length of a bench and what's the city already doing? Why take this into your own hands versus petitioning the city to put in more benches or something like that? Over the last year or so, there have been instances where I've attempted to maybe follow the more formal channels <laughs> that the city would put forward for for what a disgruntled citizen should do with really no, no results. Uh, there have been sort of disheartening interactions, truthfully. I was heard, um, but I don't think that substantive change actually took place. Uh, certainly with COVID, I think we saw a lot change nationally and globally with respect to uh, the malleability of cities. Things like parklets showing up and new bike lanes appearing in areas where there hadn't been before. And now as we're coming out the other end of this pandemic, we're seeing a lot of cities understand that, you know, enhancing the, the public realm and the human scale of the cities was a, a tremendous benefit. And so that kind of lit me up knowing that it may feel like that transit system in my city or someone else's city is this you know, institution that can't be changed. But the reality is it consists of hundreds or thousands of decisions made by people, people who aren't geniuses. And I'm a person and it was very empowering to think that the infrastructure that we see in front of us isn't permanent, that it can change and that it gets changed by people. So has there been pushback from the city? Like you, you mentioned anchoring things potentially. I don't know if you're like actually drilling into the ground to install these benches. Um, are you just kind of doing this in a guerrilla manner or have you gotten some sort of blessing from the government? I would consider this to be a guerrilla manner. Yes. Um, <laughs> there are some specifications that I, I, myself and the volunteers try to utilize. I, you know, I'd mentioned that I, I really would not, I would be very remiss if we had done something to make Asheville inadvertently less ADA accessible. And certainly there's already a bit of a patchwork network of sidewalks throughout the city. If I was to damage some of that public infrastructure and in what is really intended, I understand that these aren't benches that will fix the public transit system. Really, they should just be echoes of the discontent for the citizens and and issuing for the city to put in more serious permanent infrastructure. Um, so to summarize or to get back to your original question, the benches are only installed above earth. Um, so in spaces either just behind sidewalks or in areas where there are no sidewalk um, present. And so they're, they're sort of temporary in that there are ground anchors, there is drilling involved, but I'm not... Uh, cracking through the cement of pavement or, or anything that I felt would, you know, really cause harm to the city. I, Got it. Yeah. I wish I could say that the city showed this uh, groundwell of support. Uh, they did actually reach out um, a week or two ago and 
uh, hostile is probably the wrong way to phrase it, but a little bit um, defensive. I think that sometimes the language that we were using on the account was that of, of people who were frustrated and wanting to see change and, and they were wanting to defend the existence of the condition for their bus stops. And um, I didn't really see how it was worth defending. I, I would have appreciated if they'd met us at the table saying, we know that there are issues and, and we would like to partner to improve those. And so the tone has since changed slightly. And, the, you know, there are some funds available for transit stop improvements. And so we're coordinating on which stops the city has allocated funding towards and which stops we can expend our resources to help improve. Yeah, I was going to ask that. How have you been choosing which stops to to start putting these benches in? Is it kind of which are the most horrendous and unfriendly to a person trying to wait for the bus? Yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of the saddest bus stops in Asheville are, have been the highest priority, you know. There are some that are very sad, but um, unfortunately, there's a strong sidewalk bordered by a parking lot. And you know, I don't feel like that can be one where we would work at. Um, there's also been kind of a community element. People will comment on our Instagram page or send me direct messages uh, advocating for particular bus stops at various locations. And so we try to be thoughtful and listen to that. And there have been instances where uh, business owners have reached out to us and said, hey, um, you know, I came to work one day and the city of Asheville had moved the bus stop to be in front of my business. No one told me. And, you know, it's really inadequate. If you put a bench, I would love to put out, you know, a trash can and recycling that I'll help manage. And so we've tried to foster some of those community relations, um, you know, certainly creating partnerships in areas that didn't exist before. And then it sounds like also some people, perhaps other anonymous people have stepped up to help volunteer. Are they like installing the benches? Are they helping to make them? So I would like to expand fabrication of the benches. I, it really doesn't need to be this special uh, talent that only I have. And I've been working on maybe putting together a, a better looking schematic uh, that other people would be able to follow. Something that's not just my chicken scratch on a piece of paper. But um, the way that volunteers have been helping most is with uh, installation and transportation of the benches. I drive, uh, or the vehicle that our house has, is like a smaller two-door sedan. These benches are six feet long and, uh, I don't know, maybe 80 pounds each. And so folks who have bigger cars <laughs> are helping us move the benches. And, you know, if they help to do the install, I generally give them a little bit of input as to where they think that they want it to be seen. So that's the way that volunteers have been helping the most. And then it sounds like also there's been some financial support too, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sort of the original idea behind the project um, had this kind of campaign slogan. I thought 10 benches, 10 months. Sounds like a very reasonable goal. You know, uh, it costs just over $100 to build each bench. Um, and so I had set the goal of $1,000. When I had created the Instagram page, I was really fortunate. A couple kind of local news outlets, I guess you might call them. There's one called AVL Today and another uh, called Ash Vegas. <laughs> they both have a pretty substantial local following and they had reposted the effort and um, then within 24 hours, we had reached our $1,000 uh, goal and I was excited and then pushed the 
the goal even further. And, and now we have, we're sitting right just under $1,900, which actually put forward a little bit of pressure, frankly, that uh, the community had, had expressed this desire. And I wanted to be sure that the benches that we were putting out were, were good and sturdy and would satisfy the needs of, of anyone who was to come and uh, see it. So there's a little bit of pressure knowing that there have been a lot of people who have helped to champion this idea. And I want to be sure that they know their money's being spent um, for a good final product. You mentioned that you've done some other tactical urbanism stuff in the past. Can you share about those projects? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess more than um, like specifically public transit, I was very interested in land use, um, how we can build environments that are better on the human scale. So there are certain instances where there's sort of missing crosswalks throughout the city of Asheville. And uh, there's the adequate curb cut and the little ripple guard between each end of the sidewalk. And uh, so I sort of went out and did the same thing. I, I measured how the city does their crosswalks and what size and length each of the bars are and uh, found some scrap wood and made a little jig. And I actually dressed up like a construction worker wow. <laughs> and put out some cones and painted the the crosswalks. So that that was a little bit more esoteric. It like wasn't, yeah. when I would tell my friends, they didn't seem to fully grasp what was happening. But when I started to do the benches, it really resonated better with people. And so that's kind of what I've become better known for. Both seem to be important efforts. I mean, crosswalks, super valuable for creating more people or in your place. Absolutely. So why are you choosing to stay kind of behind the scenes and anonymous with this project? Well, I guess I felt like these benches are part of the public realm and they're not really my, I, I just didn't think that my face needed to be the face of this project. This project, I would hope, and I feel like has been a reflection of the voice of frustrated citizens. You know, I, I didn't want it to be something that I alone would take credit for. I, I wanted it to be an expression of frustration. And hopefully the city would be able to see and recognize that and understand that there is, is deep desire within the residents to see this improved, not just for the people who utilize it, but everyone. I mean, these are our neighbors and people within our community, and they deserve to have what I would consider to be humane conditions to utilize what is a, a city service. And so I really wanted this to feel more like a project put forward by the city that was supported by many different people. And I guess I was also concerned that there would be a movement made by the city for us to stop. And I, I, I wanted there to be this idea that there's not one person to stop, that the Asheville Bench Project is a movement more than one person's hobby. And I think that funneled into my decision as well. Makes sense. Yeah. Has the, has the city actually tried to remove any of the benches or are they sort of tacitly allowing it? I would say the latter. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten... Any, any report that any of the benches have been moved or, or anything like that has happened. And so I guess I'm happy and grateful for that. What's the future you see of this project? Um, trying to do beyond those 10 benches um, or any other like improvements to, to the 
bus infrastructure? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, right now, I think we're just continuing to build and install benches, which was sort of our, our set goal and mission. Um, and, you know, my interest in this was really multifaceted. Like I said, at the start, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself the city of Asheville's transit champion, but an understanding that the Asheville bench project kind of operates as an extension of, of people advocating for better uh, public transit. I, I do kind of imagine or would like to think that there's a future where we kind of expand our advocacy campaign towards fare free bus rides. Uh, I do think that that's something the city of Asheville should be considering. Um, and that seems within the ethos of this existing project of, you know, there was a period of time during COVID where the city did transition to fare-free rides. And you would like to think that that was maybe because of the financial hardships of the pandemic. But it was really just because they couldn't figure out a way to make contactless payments for people riding. So they threw, threw their arms in the air and said, well, we'll make it free. And I think that that really should have been a wake up to people who live here that um, the bus can be free. And that the greatest way for the city to live up to its climate initiatives and its equity initiatives are to loosen the car dependency that this city has grappled with as, as long as I've lived here. Our, our pedestrian walking scores are terrible. And so I think that uh, it would be great if, if we could see more fare-free rides instituted. It really, the you know, when you dig into the numbers in 2019, the last year before the pandemic, uh, fares collected from the bus system accounted for only 8% of the total operating expense of of the bus i think that we really need to wonder is is this one dollar fare actually going to operate this or is it sort of a symbolic symbol that where this public good shouldn't be free (laughs) i think if we really examine the benefit that we would have from uh, less car dependent um, or at least single occupancy vehicles that it would have rippling benefits throughout the city and really help to improve a lot of its stated goals. Yeah. Well, I, I'm asking you like, oh, what are the future goals? And I'm realizing you just started this project like a couple months ago, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, See your Instagram, first Instagram post, January 3rd. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a very new initiative um, and exciting all that you've accomplished already, honestly. Yeah, I, I would like to see it continue to grow organically. The opportunities when individuals reach out or, or local businesses reach out asking for benches, I think that creating those partnerships is really how I would like to see this grow. And I would like to listen to the people who reach out and have their express concerns be what drive um, you know, our initiatives moving forward. What advice would you give for someone listening who is uh, maybe interested in doing something like this in their city? I know that all of our cities have these horrible bus stops where there's no shade and there's nowhere to sit. Is this something that might be pretty easily replicable for, for an enthusiastic person who's listening? Yes, I would say it absolutely is. You know, my hope uh, being invited onto this podcast was that someone would listen and realize that, you know, these frustrating moments in our cities, because the conditions of the bus stops in Asheville they're not unique to Asheville. They're not unique to anywhere that I've lived. It's, it's a lack of regard for, you know, certain amenities or, or other things throughout our cities and towns. And so I would really like to emphasize or instill hope that you as, as a person have the opportunity to make changes. And it doesn't need to go through a, 
a slow bureaucratic machine that might give you no results that that if you see something wrong you have the power to fix it and maybe everyone wouldn't completely agree with that motto but you can know that the actual bench project supports <laughs> whatever you're doing in your town you, if you interact with the public infrastructure in your city and you see something isn't operating as well as it could uh, taking that initiative on yourself or within your community is a fantastic way to show patronage to where you live. Well, you're just very well living out our small bets approach at Strong Towns. Um, this is a, the definition of a small bet that is clearly making a difference in your city. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it was great to hear about this project and chat with you a bit. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity to have you on the show. And I will um, definitely share a link for people to your Instagram so they can check it out further. Yeah, please do. You know, I would love to see little bench projects show up everywhere. If there was a, a Birmingham, Alabama bench project, that would make me so proud. Awesome. You may have noticed that we have some new music on this show. And I need to give a special shout out to my colleague, Jay, who provided that music for us. Um, he does some musical stuff in his spare time. And so he just handed me that track. And I think it's working out pretty well. I was getting a little tired of the old music. Didn't quite fit the vibe of this show, I think. So thank you to Jay for this new awesome track. I was scrolling through my Apple podcast recently and decided to take a look at our show and see how it was looking. And I realized that we have hardly any reviews like ever. Um, we haven't gotten a review in a couple of years. So that's totally fine. I'm not offended. I'm just going to assume that means like you love everything we're doing. No improvements needed. No, but seriously, um, yeah, leave a review in there. I'd love to get some feedback on the show and it would help other listeners find this show too. Our intention with the Bottom Up Revolution podcast is definitely for it to be partly an outreach tool for Strong Towns as well to reach new folks who may not have heard of this movement for incremental bottom up change and who might really benefit from the stories we're sharing. So if you have a minute to leave a review or comments, that would be much appreciated. Thank you to our Strong Towns members who make this show possible and who help inspire people like our guest today in his own work. You heard him say that he's been following Strong Towns for a while, and we're so glad that he was able to connect with us. Thanks to our members who make those connections happen and make this whole movement happen out in the world. All right. Thank you all for listening, of course. We will see you back here next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.